0: What's your story? Mo Flippin, personal trainer, fitness guru, entrepreneur, and this is my story. Okay, so tell the world actually on like where are you from. I'm originally from Illinois, Central, Chicago, you know, Midwest boy.
1: So, how did you make your way all the way to New Orleans? from <laughs> in front of Windy City. Man, that's traumatizing
0: to think about that. I uh, was born in Illinois. My mom, she uh, somehow found her way to New Orleans when I was young. And uh guess when I was about 6, 7, she fell on hard times. And she had to uh, make a decision to give up all her kids. So, me not knowing... We uh she like, we gonna see your grandmother and your dad in Illinois, Chicago, whatever. Back your stuff. So I remember this like yesterday. So I got trash bags and stuff. And she got a little, little sack. So we get on the Amtrak, um, head back to Illinois, get by grandma, do all the hugs and kisses, and uh something just felt off. And she tucked me in bed like about 7.30. My grandma had a red digital clock. So I remember this. So I look over at the clock. It's like 7.40 at night, whatever. And I'm crying myself. Crying, crying, cutting up. I just felt somewhere. right. So mom trying to tuck me in. And uh, She like, I'll be back. I'll be back. I didn't know what was going on, but I fell asleep. Crying myself to sleep. Next day, went out in the yard. Played basketball with my crannies. Then uh, Sunday came. Two days later, went to church, still no moms. Monday came. Monday came, we go uh, to the school. Grandma signing me up for school. Now, we in the office and this, you know, white people in the office, whatever. And I finally got the courage to ask my grandmother. She had cancer, tough love. I have a cancer too. So I finally get the courage to ask her, like, where my mom at? And in front, front of these white people in the office, she politely leaned over, looked me dead in my eye. Uh, she was like, Your mama don't want you. I'm going to take care
1: of you. That's crazy because cancer is really, like, brutally honest sometimes yeah, in I'm me. talking
0: about six, seven. I ran out the, the school office crying, just like, What? But uh, yeah, so.
1: Like being a kid, like before you go further, like, do you think she was like, wrong the way she said it?
0: I mean, I
1: can't say it was she wrong gave, because she that right.
0: that's just her. That was her the whole life. So she raised me. Uh, and fast forward, how I got back to New Orleans. So about 10 years later, I'm about 17. And I had started kind of talking to my mom again. And then um, I was having some rough patches in Illinois. And next I know Monday, come, um, I had just, I was playing football, running back. Just got a big write-up in Sunday paper. In front of the sports page about me running the ball. We got a, a big district championship game coming up Friday. Like, you know, starting to get some muscle, starting to get some popularity in high school. Like, things just getting on that level for me. Mom's come on Monday. She's like, yeah, I think it's time you get to know your sisters and stuff like that. And um, I'm like, cool. I'm like, I'm going to come in the summer like this. And she's like, no, now so I'm like nah you tripping I got schools I got the game Friday you talking about it's Monday and at the time my grandmother wasn't my legal guardian and with no paperwork so she couldn't do nothing so just like when she dropped me off 10 years before shifted my life she picked me up and I had to leave everything I knew for 10 years and 2 days she came on Monday and we was gone by Wednesday back on the Amtrak headed back to New Orleans
1: it was while playing high school
0: football.
1: Hmm? While you were playing high school football. Yep,
0: middle of my uh sophomore year.
1: So how was that like experience for you leaving from like Chicago and going back to New Orleans with like like Chicago and like New Orleans are like different cultures?
0: What a, it, it wasn't even the culture for me, it was the, the upbringing. Chicago's like clean house, had everything I needed, refrigerator stocked, you know what I'm saying, stuff like that. If I needed anything, I had to cut grass or do something to work for it. But, you know, it was there for me, Grandma and my father did what they could, my candy. But once I got to do all of it, shit was different. You know, mom's uh she did the best she could, but it wasn't it wasn't but it was really private You know what I'm saying? We was in a corner court, um, about five, six of us in one house. I'm uh, I got eight sisters, I'm the only boy, so yeah, all these girls in the house, moms, and you know, shit was different in regards to. With no food in the house, we got roaches. We got old grease spots on the stove, and you know, looking back on it, it, just that wasn't the life I wanted for myself. And I, I, respect she did the best she could, but it just that wasn't for me.
1: So, like you know, did you graduate from New
0: Orleans? Yeah, I. Uh, so, coming in the middle of sophomore year, no school wanted to accept me. So, Sarah T. Reed, we got to the third fourth school. Sarah T. Reed, uh, the principal called in the football coach. They saw I had some shoulders, a little bill, whatever. Football coach called back to Chicago. At the other phone, he told the principal, sign him up. He found out I was a three-sport athlete him in, whatever like that. And that's the only reason why I accepted me is Sarah T. Reed. And because you're an athlete. Because I was so, a three-sport three athlete. So if you were an athlete, you just went not go to school. <laughs> they wouldn't let nobody in. So, uh, yeah, I went to Sarah T. Reed, played basketball, football, track. It, it was fun. I graduated from Reed.
1: Okay. So, like, you know, Reed got, like, a lot of all right, notable people that graduated from there in New Orleans.
0: Man, listen, back then, Reed was, like, it when it comes to... It's like I guess like class of people and like the girls, the cars, you know, you mixed in with the um Vietnamese kids, they cool, they got all the different things popping. So it was like, you know, back then East was popping.
1: Versus down, you know, East Grant that far.
0: Man. <laughs> what they what that sign said, how fast you want in the East, fast as possible.
1: <laughs> so fast forward from that getting out of high school, I'm like, did you end up going to college?
0: Yeah, I went to the Southeast on the Hammond for a couple of years. Um Hammond had a D one football team, so we uh, a lot of people from New Orleans ran out there to try to get on a football team. They had just started it back. They were suspended for years and they was able to bring a football team back, so they was basically starting from scratch. So a lot of athletes who didn't get big offers or stuff like that out in the Orleans, we shot the Hammond, made it do what it do. So everything was going good till Katrina hit. And then I had to make a decision either go back to school or make a way for myself and help out the family as much as I could financially.
1: So after Katrina hit, I'm like I'm like, where did you go? And like actually I mean, what did you I like start to do?
0: Well, before Katrina coming out of high school, I had got a couple of jobs. I used to <laughs> be a fool runner at Pat O'Brien's in the quarters, then I um Worked at Commander's Palace as a valet. But the main thing, I think, helped me later on in life. I started doing security in high school at uh, Key West QS. Kitty's QS. That was funny. The yellow shirt security. So I started working uh, security there. You know, handle my business and stuff like that. And became known for doing good security work. So then I started working at all the popular main urban clubs. Duplex, which Rhythm City everybody know. Dreams, Hush, Escape, Duck Off. I mean, if you name it, I I probably worked there. So
1: how dangerous it was to be like a security back in
0: the day? In the oh, box. back then it was it was man. Listen, I ain't gonna lie. The, what the security guards do these days with with you know all that tactical gear and all that like it. it back then, and people ain't give a fuck. They didn't care what you had on. If if you was in the way, or if you was in the middle of something they needed to handle, they was just coming. It was it was tough. Escape was man. They had <laughs> escape was that trap. I ain't gonna lie. I learned a lot right quick working at escape. Um, well off, It had his nights. Um. Yeah, I ain't lie, I don't think I think I think the toughest club to work at, like you gotta be on your stuff the whole night, even with females who escape. But Dreams was fun. Three sixty was good. Um I think it worked everywhere, even on West Bank. Remember Red Velvet and all yeah. that? Yeah, full <laughs> Columns and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well,
1: actually on the like, actually on the like, before we you know go anywhere for I'm gonna give you I'm like your flowers right now where you can smell it because <laughs> You probably one of the first people to go from being a security guard to a promoter to one, you know, business like a like a barroom owner, lounge owner. Like yeah. In New Orleans.
0: And, and and blessed to have a like a, a real booming fitness, fitness business. Yeah, fitness. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's a blessing. Um I just was blessed to have a lot of good people that uh looked out for me, uh, throughout the years and either gave me some great advice or just put me in position to win. It was just on me to execute, I'ma say.
1: All right. So when did like when did your journey begin um actually becoming one like personal trainer?
0: So during security I met a lot of cool people, who had different things going on and uh as I transitioned from security to ball manager to club manager uh, then God gave me the vision to become a promoter. started throwing parties and concerts. It, it Man, that took off quick. Um, so, promoter, i never forget. I think my, my very first event was the precinct on the uh, Annunciation, remember that? Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't even have all the money to do the event. I had to borrow some money from somebody I didn't even know. <laughs> but they said, yeah. So, first event, first night, and that's how I felt like it was really good. And the budget was like $3,000 uh, that first night brought in like 26, 26 8, 6, 5. first event they had a line like down the block down the street so all that stuff grew promoters grew then we uh, was putting together a big concert Jeezy at Mardi World I definitely was going to
1: ask you about that Yeah. About that, about that story <laughs>
0: so I had two partners man and we 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 pulled off the biggest independent concert at the time, um, Young G's, in my right world. But in the process, to get to your question, in the process, we were selling tickets out of a clothing store, and um, it was right next to Mr. Everything Cafe. And know, um, he was like, "Hey, I want to talk to you." He was like, "You know, you're a little different from your partners." <laughs> so I was like, "What you mean?" like, "You're just different." He like, "Man, um." This this party stuff cool and everything, but you gotta get your a day hustle. You know, you gotta get you uh something to make your money during the day, you know. He like that party hitting minutes. I'm like, shit, we hitting. He like, yeah, but I ain't gonna always last. So we like you gotta get your day hustle, do something, you know. Slow bucks better than no bucks. So I'm like, alright. And he like, get the studio next to me, it's open. And I'm like, What am I put up? He was like, I don't know, put a gym there. You work out. So I was like, I wanna look that other the man's too small. He was like, Well look, figure it out, do something. He was like, I'm just advising you. So sure, I listened to him. I went home, prayed over. it. About two days later, God gave me the vision about six o'clock in the morning. And it was uh people wanna work out but they ain't know how to work out. So that's the personal trainer aspect. And then also he gave me the vision for the space in regards to, you know, a lot of People and women want to work out, but they want to work out kind of privately instead of being in the big gyms, dudes running up on you while you try to work out, distracting stuff like that. So he gave me the vision to provide a private, comfortable, personal training facility. So that 600, 700 square foot studio wound up being perfect.
1: I got you. So, you know, in the process of opening that studio, you know, if you kind of I'm like, went through something as well, right, with that concert, so like, you know, you ain't got to see the full details, but kind of explain what happened. Man, long story G- short,
0: <laughs> I didn't make it to the bank the very next morning. So I had a lot of cash on me. So when in, uh, Chalmett got pulled over, uh, they thought I was into other stuff, you know, by having all that cash on me or whatever. So <laughs> they locked me up took the cash, whatever like that. So I had to scrape and claw to find out cause I had took everything I had on my end and plus with my partners to invest in the event. So I had a lot of money tied up that was, they was just holding. So when I got out, I still had the studio, that had to get paid uh, and I, I didn't have it. And at the time, Anybody I asked, they, they was like, they ain't have a, you know, whatever. So, I just had a scrape and claw for like, 30 days, and then, uh, went to court in Chalmet, and they released the money, and, it was on from now.
1: That's, you know, you feel like, you know, if you went through like, a lot of, like testimonies, before that, cause like, you, you like, you, you was, you was hustling, doing multiple different things, but the legal way, you still was, going through things that people who be illegal go through and then like, 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 you know, some people like usually question God but how did you feel at that moment? Um,
0: I always, I, I was raised up in the church so I always had good faith so I always looked at it like what, what is he trying to tell me? Like, what, what lesson is, is in this, um, you know, whatever and I just always would find the, the lesson in it instead of looking at it as a negative. Um, you know, either I was on the wrong path that wouldn't would go ahead for me, or I was having the wrong people around me, or I was just making the wrong decisions, or, uh, you know, I just had to trim the fat with certain things and certain people around me.
1: So fast forward that, you know, you start doing, like, mean, weekly promoting ice and different things like that. Then you end up meeting, you know, but your girlfriend now, if your wife. So, you know, if, how did that all that process and all that get <laughs> through? So, this was when I was
0: working at clubs. Uh, I was a manager at Rockefeller. And the owner was uh, dating her god sister. And one day they came. She, The god sister brought uh, Brittany around during the day. And they was like, let's all go get some lunch. <laughs> so, uh, she was tall, slim, had a nice butt. And she was pretty. But at the time... We dated and stuff like that. But at the time, it was like, it, it wasn't the right time for us to really be together. A lot was going on. I had a lot going on. whatever. So, we uh, then I wound up having a, a child my daughter, Madison. So, I, I, I told her, I had got somebody pregnant whatever like that. She was like, all right, cool. <laughs> so, we wound up being friends uh, the whole time. Katrina hit, stuff like that. You know, we'll occasionally check on each other. So, years later, like, mind you when I tell you, she was slim, she was green, but, uh, you know, she had a shape, whatever. So, years later, she hit me up, she was in town for a funeral, and um, she like, what you up to? I'm like, nothing, me and the fellas at uh, Fox and Hound watching the football games. So, she was like, oh, it's cool I could come through, get something to eat? I'm like, yeah, you can come through, get something to eat, I ain't sure, I got you, it'd be nice to see you. <laughs> but i ain't know but when she walked through them doors she wasn't slim thick britney no more like she came through like stacked like thick like thick thick so i'm like she said i don't know i was looking i'm like fuck you been eating and she was like whatever so i like leaned over and asked i like you had some work done she was like no nigga, i've just been eating and then you know she grew up and so we just sat there talk with her for a second watched the game and I just, like, couldn't stop. I was like, yeah, I ain't letting you go this time. I'm like, you going to be my wife. She was like, yeah, whatever. I just can't get something to eat. You <laughs> <It> sounded good at <laughs> like, the moment, huh? <laughs> yeah, so uh, she left, went back to Atlanta, and I just stayed on her phone every day. And then after a couple of weeks, she was like, oh, you serious? I was like,
1: yeah. So, so you know, in the process of you trying to be with her, long-distance relationship as well, so, like, you know, you know, you know, like you know, she she actually just left telling her interview side story. So mm-hmm. you gotta get a little bit of your side story. Because, you know, most men, you know, we actually talk about this because you know, most times, you know, we used to be like the women josting a man. And wow. like in your in your situation. Oh, she told she told you. Yeah. Okay. And you actually jilted her. And, yeah. And the crazy part is about you jilting her. you also had I mean unlimited access to women around, you know, mm-hmm. because you was doing nightlife and everything like that. So, like, like you know, so, like, actually at that day when you say you wanted her to be your wife, you but you really meant that. Oh, yeah.
0: That, that day I meant it and I just stayed on her back like a book sack even when she left town. I was ringing her phone. But, uh, like I said, she was like, oh, you serious? And as we got like consistent, just keeping in contact long distance, you know, she tried to push away or whatever like that. And, um, I wasn't having that shit. I was like, you know, you could tell me whatever you got going on. Like, you ain't about to, I ain't about to let you get away this time. And um, she just came out and she told me she was uh, fighting some cases at the time. And um, she was looking at some time. And I was like, all right, cool. And uh, she was like, so i was like, well, what you did? What you was doing? And she told me, I'm like, oh, I was doing that too after the storm. I'm like, and that kind of just lightened it up or whatever like that. I'm like, yeah, I don't, I ain't get cut up, dude. <laughs> <She's> like, <laughs> and she was like, whatever. So, uh, after that, I think it was a burden lifting off of her because she was really, didn't want to tell me or whatever. She made it more comfortable. Yeah, so she still was going to court, so I started to go to court with her. Um, and it was federal, so went to, I think it was Alabama, yeah. Drove to Alabama, went to the case, and she got sentenced and stuff. And, um, I told her, like, I got you. Like, we won't hold it down, rock out. Uh, things in my life started to move, progress in the right way. So, you know, while she was gone, she <laughs> just kept in contact. She'll make her, she'll get her phone calls and stuff like that. And I do my best to answer. But I think the, the funny one, I know what you want me to tell you about. The funny one was when uh, Sunday started popping in Biloxi. Everybody used to shoot out there for the uh, for the pool parties. So, I shoot out there. And she wind up at uh, and the party, just starting to get turned up. The pool party get turned up, and I'm like, uh, I look at my phone. I see a Fed call coming through. So I break away from everybody, go duck off, take the call, and we talking. And she like, "That's music." She like, "Yeah." She like, "You had a party." I so said, "Yeah, I'm at a pool party." But like, she's she like, "When you gonna tell me that?" And I'm like, "What?" I'm like, what you want to pick up the phone, just call it, tell you. Want me to text you? She's like, you got jokes. She was like, so you had a pool party and and girls there? I'm like, duh, what the fuck? She's like, you got your shirt off? I'm like, yeah, why not? She was like, oh, this shit I'm talking about. Don't worry about it. Enjoy them. Click. And so I'm looking at the phone, like, wait, she can't call back. So why would you hang up on me? (laughs) So. Yeah, that was, that was a funny time, but we wound up talking, and just laughed about it later. And I'm like, so when we talked, I'm like, wait, cause you locked up inside. I'm supposed to be locked up inside. Yeah, I'm like, nah. <laughs> 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 but
1: like you know, it's crazy because like you know, usually like soon somebody can you know go to jail, person, but like you know, I'm gonna hold you now. people usually disappear. Right. But you actually stayed there, and yeah. you really like met, you know your plan. Because I. I
0: I feel like I got a good grasp on, on life. You know, whatever season somebody going through, that's not the final season or whatever. So, you know, it, she was there for me before, you know, other people was there for me when I had shortcomings and stuff. So, uh, it, it wouldn't have been right for me to walk away, turn my back on just cause she was dealing with something. Um, you know, and I, I, I loved her. I, did, I always did. It just, the timing went right. And so when he did start to line up, it was just one more obstacle to get through. Um, and we, we rocked out and then it was time to uh shoot like she was about to get released and she was like, What's up, you gonna come get me? And I was like, uh, at the time I ain't had no car. And she was uh she was in the phase in Florida, so I was like, Yeah, I'm gonna come get you. I'll figure it out no more. She like, look, you Because sure? these people don't play. If you don't be here, you know, I'm like, nah, I'm gonna get her. So I got off the phone with her, went to calling people. And I'm like trying to borrow cars and all this other stuff. That wasn't working. I ain't had not a driver's license at the time. So, all that were people didn't, didn't people didn't want to hear that. So, I ain't gonna lie. I, uh, at the time, I had started training this couple. And I just want to pay homage to them because they helped me. Uh, Greedy, Sean, and uh, his wife Amber and all. So, I'm just said, call them. I'm like, hey, don't y'all got a spec call? They're like, yeah. I'm like, can, can I borrow for like two days? I need to, uh, I'm like, I ain't gonna lie, I need to go pick up my old lady from the feds or whatever. They was like, wait, what? And she was, like, uh, she was like, let me finish talking to my husband I'll call you back. So they called back, like, and I'm like, I ain't gonna call back. So they called back in, like 10 minutes. They like, look, the the other car, you got some bad tires or whatever, so look, we just gonna get you a rental. So I'm like, and I just started training people. I'm like, wait, what? I'm like, look, I ain't got no license. They're like, well, guess you need to drive Cal for them. So I was like, I got off the phone, I just dropped on my knees. I was like, Thank hey, you, guys. Gone. Like, yeah. So I called my partner Eric. Yeah, I called my partner Eric. Big Eric. And um I'm like, don't you got a license? He's like, yeah. I'm like, look, take this ride with me. I gotta go get bread. I like just wanna have somebody to call with a license. So people went got the a call for me, gave it to me. We packed up. Shout out to Florida, went to uh pick up, but it was like way ducked off like so it was so ducked off like i'm about to be running late like about five ten minutes late she's like look where you at because if if you don't be here i gotta go back in there that's what i was about to ask she's like <laughs> if you don't be on time that mean i gotta go back in there another day i'm like man i'll be there so we speeding down this long dirt road type stuff and then we finally see the place and i made it there like about five minutes to spell yeah uh I don't know, but the funny thing, she was locked up with her best friend. She told you. No, she said. Yeah. The whole time she was with her best friend. I was like, man, you 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 good. So anyway, they was there. So me and Eric picked him up. And um she gained weight, fed feature. So she was she came out even thicker. So I'm like, cool. And uh, first meal, I'm like, what y'all want to eat? Chick fil a. So <laughs> we poured into the first Chick Fil A, just ate, chilled, let them chop it up and stuff. Um, to at Atlanta, got our car, got our stuff, whatever, and she wanted to just come straight back to New Orleans and we wasn't long distance no more.
1: Right. Gotcha. So you know, how was that process? Cause you know she like she explained that you know she was a personal trainer, like getting into the training, but she wasn't fully up there yet. So like, so like so like did you give her a plan or like both of y'all had a plan like together to like make her become one, 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 one full time that like, personal trainer as well
0: um she dipped and dabbed in Atlanta uh from my perspective with the personal trainer but coming out she was ready to she always she knew and she loved corporate America but by her having a conviction you couldn't you know whatever so we talked about it and came up with it uh I had the fitness movement and stuff and I was like, well, look, get back into that. And if you like it, you know, we get the certification, get the, get the photo shoot pop and I roll you out. Um, you know, introduce you to the city, New Orleans, my brand. And we go from there, whatever. So, because in my mind, it it was really a blessing because, uh, a lot of men don't prefer they women to go work out with a man. And then, um, you know a lot of women just prefer to work out a woman and she is the <laughs> blueprint to what majority black women want to look like as in uh toned upper body small waist hips butt or whatever so she had to look you know whatever so it, it worked out she got started and she loved it helping people stuff like that so got certified rolled it out with the with popping together it was a fitness cult.
1: Just so you know, second and none fitness So second and none fitness though. So, did y'all get married first? Actually, before you open your, I mean, second location down the street, or you, or y'all just opened that first, and then got married after. That's a good question. I don't remember.
0: Um, <laughs> I'm gonna be honest with you. Truth be told, we we went the bumping heads. Um, you know, it was it was a challenge to work together, go home together. At the time, we were sharing one car, So it was a lot. And so we kept bumping heads over stuff. And um, we actually kind of like, yeah, we, we split up. Junior, Junior, she was pregnant. Junior came. So then we kind of split up for like a while, three months or whatever. And during that process of us splitting up, uh, she went to open our own facility. So she went to open our, on the West Bank Fit Chicks. She went to open Fit Chicks on the West Bank. So, I still had mine. She had her own spot. And then I was blessed to get put in position at another location. Um, One was the studio. So, the second location was going to be the full-size gym. So, you know, after a few months being single, especially with a new kid, like, we had that talk. Like, what are we going to do? Are we going to make this work or not? And, you know, both of us pulled all our cards on the table. And we just got back together and ironed out the issue and went to pumping together.
1: Gotcha. So boom, you know, if you get to get, i like celebrity clients coming in, you know, working out at you, you know, if it's your second location, then you know, like, then you know, if you started like challenging everyone in the city to like you know work out and different things like that, mm-hmm. then you know, I don't know if you open up actually before the pandemic or after the pandemic, if it's your third location that was before the pandemic. pandemic, okay,
0: yeah. yeah, so, I I was blessed to have some phenomenal. Uh, people around me, mentors and stuff like that. Um, And they let me know where I was missing out on a lot of money and uh, stuff like that. So at the time, I was just a trainer when I met uh, my mentor uh, at the time. And they insulted me multiple times about different things. And then but really they were just opening my mind up to become a business and an entrepreneur and not just Trainer, somebody in person so once that became a blessing my mind got opened up uh, opened up the locations started getting products um, you know things like that Uh, and then working with um, at the time working with Super working with uh, Jessica, Big Booty Judy, working with um, Tokyo you know they brought a lot of awareness to a great product they already had and it gave me a lot of great ideas. And by doing that, that's when other doors start opening up uh, celebrities, uh, products going out the country. You know, I, I really became a, a brand at that time. Um, So two locations, back to the question, two locations, brick locations. So basically we paying three different rents, three different light bills. And, you know, we, we had to talk of, you know, what about coming together? You know, coming back together and own business. You um, know, we came to agreement, and um she went to hunting for a place. And my space, my studio was 600, 700 square foot. The second location was about 2,500, maybe 3,000 square foot. And I believe her space on the West Bank was 1,500, 1,800 square foot, I believe. So she went on a hunt. And she found something and it was just a shell. And it was 8,800 square foot. So like, okay, cool. <laughs> All right, go here, you talking. So we talked, asked everything out. We was like, let's go with our move. So, you know, we came up with the Earn That Body Fit Campus. We combined everything in one. Um, and it was a property that any oh uh, that we would be able to supply everything anyone on a fitness journey may need uh, juice bar, child care, um massage therapist, nail tech, uh we had room for we had uh two food trucks, the vegan food truck, uh came out the gate with Millie Moolah food truck also. Rest in peace. Then we had uh just everything you need. That any at, at the camp. that's what we call the campus. If you was on a fitness journey, whatever you needed was already there. It was a one stop shop. Still is. So and then uh, from there we just kept expanding, kept expanding. And then like I said, always blessed to have a good mentor and me tell you, you know, don't just think local, keep thinking global. So we went from stop thinking about being number one in the city to being number one period. And um that's what we've been working towards and we getting that. We, we, we we've ever close we gotta uh touch some things, but we
1: yeah, we done. So being you know one, you know, entrepreneur, personal trainer, promoter, security for over fifteen plus years, maybe twenty for better. Like what do you enjoy about it and what do you I'm like dislike about? You know, the whole process and just everything that you had to go through?
0: Full transparency, uh not having a two parent home. On the negative side, it slowed me up and, it, and I didn't learn, I didn't know a lot of core things. But on the positive side, going through everything I went through, I learned firsthand and um, it developed mental strength and a different physical strength and spiritual strength. Because when you gotta go through through things and deal with things that <clears throat> you really just rolling the dice and you're trying to figure it out on your own, you know, it comes, it's, it's a lot of times you're hitting your head against the bricks. You know, so try, you, you got to learn through by going through the fire.
1: So, what's your advice to someone, you know, younger that's watching this interview and like thinking about following on like in your footsteps?
0: Hmm, advice. Also. Not only think big, don't, don't think local, think global. And, actually do you and and tune out the media because a lot of times when you when you grind and when you work and we uh progress on you know it's a lot of cackles a lot of distractions and stuff like that I call it the media so you just gotta tune out the media stay thinking outside of where you are and keep just like keep close faith in <laughs> God because you're gonna get tested you're gonna get tried You're going to start doubting yourself. You're going to doubt the people around you and the whole thing, but as long as you have a strong faith and confidence in yourself, there's nothing that's going to stop you from accomplishing what you want.
1: Gotcha. So tell us, what's next for you?
0: Next. Next is retirement from fitness. I've been blessed to put myself in position for, uh, with a lot of different uh, investments and properties and been blessed to have a restaurant and uh, bar right now in the uh, heart of the french quarters and um it's it's fun Um, learning a lot learning the restaurant business real fast and learning tourism real fast how that works or whatever so just keep finding different things to uh put myself in position to make money while I sleep you know as you get older um quick story a couple years ago wife sent me to Aruba for my birthday and um me and my partners went, everybody, we muscled up so everybody think we ball players. And they had this older white couple we kept running into. And we finally talked, chopped it up and it was like, uh, oh, how long you guys here? I am like, I think we have for a couple days. We might get out of here tomorrow or something. I think we are a couple days. So I was like, well, how long y'all here? And they were like, I don't know. You know, whenever she's ready, whatever. <laughs> so that changed my life and changed my thinking because I wanted to do what I had to do to put myself in position and my family in position that when we got that age we'd be in position to live like that. You talking about you in the, You out the country in Aruba and you don't have no leave date. She like whenever she's in the mood to leave.
1: Give it all one ways. Huh? Give it all one way. Yeah. So I'm <laughs> like man I'm,
0: I'm tripping. I gotta you know start sowing seeds in the right area so that when I'm done with fitness or that window closed or whatever, that even when I get to that age, I can still live life on my own terms. You know, and thinking like that, you cut out a lot of unnecessary stuff that we do in the moment. You know, go and get this label, go and pop these bottles, go throw this over here. I'm like, nah, that could be for years later, you know. And then I got three kids, two phenomenal boys and then my daughter. So, yeah. That that really hit home with me. I thought about that the whole flight back.
1: All right. Now, so last but not least, tell the world actually. I'm like, what can he find you at? It your gym, your products, everything, uh, and your ball. That's in your lounge.
0: Everybody, fit campus, 1857 Agriculture Street. Um, blessed to have ten phenomenal trainers that specialize in whatever you might want to do, uh, for your fitness journey. Um. All the amenities you may need. The only thing we don't have is a pool, <laughs> but uh, you might well get it, man, coming soon. Yeah, the insurance for a pool is <laughs> too high. <laughs> but eighteen fifty seven. Um, social media, Instagram, mo flipping, um, Facebook, same thing, mo flipping. Also, you could come check me out at a uh, two hundred nine Decatur Street restaurant and bar, right next to the House of Blues.